great time to be worshiping our God, be celebrating Him, and we're in a series here called The Victory March. The Victory March. And it's all about what we have in and through Jesus Christ. Man, that we have experienced victory over sin. We talked about that on Easter Sunday, that we can have forgiveness for sin that we brought into this world. Release, it's done. There is victory over sin. We do not have to carry the baggage for eternity with us that drags us away from God. Instead, we have hope in Him. And all of God's people said, and we have victory over sin. And then we have victory over death. We looked at that uh, as well. And we looked at what it means to have our, our bodies, these broken down bodies uh, that are so struggling in this physical world. And uh, they're headed for a decay but God's doing something massive with it. In the end, there is going to be not only our souls with God perfected in heaven, but bodies raised up, perfected, glorified, married together, and for all of eternity, death is done. There is victory over death. There is absolute certainty. God's got it in hand. We have the victory in Him. And amen. As we look at all that it means for us to have eternal guarantees. Today we're looking at what it means to have that victory in day-to-day -day life and a victory in this world. And it's not just about eternity in the future in heaven. It is about every day here and now. Victory in this world. What does it mean to be able to walk through this world with some of the struggles that we've got and have God with us? Okay, that's what we're going to be looking at today. So turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 9. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 9, as we look at the truths that we have, the hope that we have, and how we can respond to it. Point number one, the Holy Spirit brings victory as He gives us life day by day. The Holy Spirit brings victory as He gives us life day by day. He starts out here in verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. We'll just hold right there. He says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. Why is he saying that? Well, remember, you always look at the context when you're jumping into a passage. And right before it, he's been talking about what does it mean to be in the flesh? What does it mean to be struggling? What does it mean to be wrestling with all that this broken body brings and that this sinfulness and selfishness brings? And he says, you, however, are not in the flesh. He's like, just remember, if you're saved, if you believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, if you confess him as Lord, if you are saved, that's what saved means, right? If you've been about that, if you're with your God, well, then you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit, praise God. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, he's like, let's just make this super crystal clear. When you're saved... Holy Spirit takes up residence within your soul, comes within. There is a changing and a shaping of you that is going on because God is with you. God is in you. And uh, I'm not sure I understand how that works. Yeah, neither do I exactly, right? The reality is there's this amazing spiritual, mystical element going on as the Holy Spirit works with your soul and your spirit. And God says it and it's true. And you're not alone. Man, if you are saved, you have God with you. You have God in you. The hope that we have 
If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, man, we are called in the Spirit. He says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And uh, in other words, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And if you're not, well then, you do not have the Holy Spirit in you. And it's definitely 100% of those who are saved have the Spirit in. And 100% of those who do not trust Jesus Christ, who are not saved, then do not have him within. And anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life. Please hear me, man. We are in this broken world, right? We all get that. We have brought our sin into this world. And we are born broken, sinful individuals in need. And the reality is that the moment you trust Christ, at the moment you believe in him and you confess him as Lord, you're like, take over in my life. In that moment, you hand over the reins and you let God begin to lead in your life. There is this Holy Spirit coming in moment and you still have the same broken down body, but you have a spirit that is now enlivened forever. Praise be to God. And so you have this massive dichotomy going on. Body continuing to deteriorate away, but spirit and soul being raised and changed and shaped and given life. Paul's like, let's make this super clear. On the outside, wasting away. On the inside, God's doing something amazing. And all of God's people said, Amen. right? And you know all the 18 to 24-year-olds are like, I don't know, maybe. I, I kind of feel like I got a lot going on with this, right? And all of those in your 40s and up, join with me. You're like, no, amen to that. <laughs> right, it's coming, man. And, and it's just the body begins to slowly deteriorate away. And that's this broken world. And, uh, and we all taste it. And, uh, and I'm tasting it. And uh, just a good moment to give a quick update on where I'm at. And uh, for those who have been around for a while, you know that I was diagnosed with uh, a benign, please, everybody say benign, brain tumor. And uh, we're dealing with that. And we've had multiple surgeries on that in 2013 and in 2015. And we got diagnosed that it's growing again back in January. And uh, it's time to be addressing it. And so we do have things set up at this point. It is headed for April 30th, just a couple weeks out is going to be surgery. And uh, probably going to end up out for the month of May, it looks like, to do some recovery on that. All right. So we're looking at surgery on Monday the 30th and then out for the month of May, doctoring up this broken body. And all of God's people said, all right. And so please be praying for that. Same battle cry as always. My God can. My God will. And even if my God doesn't, we're handing this over, man. And we're walking a journey. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, this has been a, I'm just going to get distracted on doing a lot of ministry and enjoying it. And uh, it's time. It's time for us to get game face on and we're headed into this surgery coming up. And uh, it's a big deal that we hand this to our God and we worship him in the midst. Nothing changes. Man, this broken body is not what it's about. It is about what the Holy Spirit is doing within us. And all of God's people said, man, may we celebrate the life we have in him. Holy Spirit in me. God bringing life and hope, and it lasts for all eternity. Cannot wait. 
to continue to celebrate all that he's doing in each of us. He says, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness, he is going to continue with his glory pouring on to be transforming us one degree of glory at a time. The Holy Spirit's work within you. God doing an amazing work. And uh, the Spirit is life. Everybody just say, the Spirit is life. And I agree with you. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. He's like, let me make this clear. If the Spirit and the power who raised Christ from the dead is within you, you have hope. You have hope. Man, the power of God Almighty, the one who unleashes into this world and brings resurrection from the dead, hope in Jesus Christ. That Spirit, that power at work in you. And we have this hope of our souls being transformed right now one degree of glory at a time. Y'all get that it doesn't promise body transformed one degree of glory at a time. You get that, right? It's soul transformed one degree of glory at a time. And then if we end up passing away in this world, our soul brought up to heaven, transformed immediately, perfect. If it's waiting until the rapture when Christ comes back, then in that moment, perfected immediately, soul perfected, God doing a work. And the mortal bodies are going to be managed by the power of God Almighty at that time. As our bodies are glorified in that moment in the twinkling of an eye and brought up. And we have hope. God has it in hand. And right now, the Holy Spirit, the one whose power unleashed raises from the dead, is at work in you. Man, are you trusting in Christ as Savior? And are you leaning on the Spirit who is in you? He says, through His Spirit who dwells in you. Man, we need to claim this hope. And if you've ever wrestled through, what does this mean? What do I even look like? I'm not even sure I get the insides of me and how it all works. What is this flesh thing? What is this mind and spirit thing? And and how does it all go down? I just thought it would be good for us to throw up a picture. We've used this in the past a couple of times, so let's get the image up and uh, make sure we understand a little bit of what's going on as we talk this through. So you can see the flesh down on the bottom left there, right? Flesh. And uh, everybody say, that's the sin. When scripture talks about flesh, it talks about this part of you that just longs for self and selfishness, the flesh. And it's this banging. It doesn't mean the thing you can touch. It doesn't mean skin. It doesn't, everybody say, it doesn't mean that. It's not talking about the body here. It's talking about this part of you inside that longs for you, self, flesh, sin. It's all about you. That's the flesh part, banging, okay? And then there's the mind up on top and the spirit. Notice the white, that's the parts of you that's there, saved or unsaved, okay? And so without being saved, you have your mind and your spirit kind of interacting together, listening to the flesh a lot, really no direction from God Almighty in that regard. And so there's a lot of self-decisions that can go on. And that's what happens typically, normally. And then when we're saved, all of a sudden something happens. Notice the capital S spirit in the gray there. 
the God of the universe comes within you. His spirit communing with your spirit. Man, that is a very different moment in life from then on. And as God begins to take up residence within you, he also begins to do a work with your mind. Romans 12 talks about renewing your mind. One degree of glory at a time. The things you value, the character within you, the longing for God and the worship of him, that's what begins to be transformed. Your very soul, the depths of you in spirit and mind literally being transformed one step at a time. Dude, this is a great picture to make sure you have written down. And I would not say try to just memorize it here and walk away. Writing it down quickly is not a bad move. And I'm telling you, this is what it looks like to be saved. Notice though, I just want to say this. When the Holy Spirit comes in, the flesh stays exactly as it is. It is not that the flesh reduces because the spirit is there. The flesh is still banging. There is still the sinful, selfish clanging into the mind saying, come on, men, think about us here. Think about me, right? Me. And the flesh screams just as loud. It is the renewing of the mind that begins to give you victory. You begin to learn to say, yeah, dude, I ain't listening to that anymore. That's not where I'm going right now. And as we literally begin to experience this transformation one degree at a time, it is the power and the strength of your soul learning to reject and dismiss the flesh. Do you notice the war that's at hand? And so being saved literally becomes becoming super aware of your flesh and going into battle, setting it aside. And there's moments of extreme victory along the way. And then there's moments of collapse back as you're learning to basically navigate the waters of circumstance in your life. And all of a sudden you start listening to flesh again more. And, and then you get it back and you're like, God, please forgive me. I confess that sin. I release that to you. And God starts showing and transforming and revealing and healing. And there's some change that comes in that. The spirit within you. Hope. Yes, there is still the flesh, and yes, there is still the banging, and yes, there is still the Romans 7 moment of the war that goes on back and forth of you longing to worship your God, and yet at moments can't figure even out why I do it, start listening to the flesh again. And that's a real walk of a believer, one degree of glory at a time. Hear this though, man. In the end, when we are transformed, soul made perfect, the flesh is dropped, gone there is nothing more banging for self. And the whole of the soul is absolutely perfected, constantly focused on worshiping God Almighty, listening to the Spirit, 100% capital S Spirit, and God getting all the glory. And then when you are married with glorified body, no flesh ever again, man. No sin ever again. No longing for you in that way ever again. God gets all the glory. And all of God's people said... And that is our hope. Holy Spirit in me, on this journey in this world, Lord, teach me to say no to the flesh. Change me one degree of glory at a time. There is life in the Spirit. All right. So simple question. Who are you listening to? Does the Spirit have a hold of you and are you listening and are you worshiping? 
or are you listening to the flesh? Man, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, if you believe he is risen, if you confess him as Lord, it is time to wage war. Done listening to the flesh, talk to the hand. Ready to listen to my God. May he get all the glory. Let the Holy Spirit move in you, maybe like never before. Maybe like never before. Take over in my life, God. Give me life. That's number one. Number two, the Holy Spirit brings victory as he leads day by day. The Holy Spirit brings victory as he leads day by day. It says, so then, and this is a lot like a therefore, this is a connecting statement, like, hey, because I have life, now I can do some other things. There is hope in it. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh. The word debtor literally means um, I've been given more than I can pay back. That's not to the flesh, man. That's not true there. We are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. It isn't about living the me world. It isn't about living the selfish world. He says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. For those who strictly only listening to flesh, there is no capital S spirit within them. There is no life-giving hope. They are never listening to God. There is no one degree of glory at a time transformation. Well, we already talked about that. That's not saved. And the end result of that is death. Yes, physical death of the body, and yes, spiritual death, a separation from God for eternity. And, uh, and that's not a good place to be in. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I love this. By the Spirit. Everybody just say, by the Spirit. This is so not a muscling it call out. This is not saying, just put to death the deeds of the flesh. It doesn't say that. It says, by the Spirit. That means God within you, you are saved. That means God transforming you one degree at a time. That means your value system shifting, your worship changing and increasing, God doing a work in you, and so you listen less and less and less to the flesh. It is so not about you just muscling it. And just not about you trying to make it look good on the outside. It is about God having control of your soul and the Spirit changing you one degree of glory at a time and victory coming day by day because of that. May God be getting the worship of your life. He's like, make sure you get that the Spirit can help put to death the deeds of the body and you will experience life Life so satisfying here on earth and life long-lasting and eternal in heaven as God has control of you. Praise be to God. And, uh, and the hope that we can have in him. He says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That word sons there means grown-up children. It means ones who have rights and privileges, but you're a part of the family you are part of the family saved, then God is leading you. Then the Holy Spirit is changing you. Then God is doing a work in you. And there are moments where you may be gripping on and holding on and saying, it's gotta be more about me. And uh, God's gonna allow that moment to take place for you to be able to learn to let go. And then he's gonna begin to do a change in you in that moment and shape and lift up even more. Victory in this world over sin is through the Holy Spirit. 
and he leads and he directs and he guides along the way. You know, I just wrote this down. So if the Holy Spirit's leading, how does he lead? And uh, good that we write these down. Here's seven ways the Holy Spirit leads you, all right? Seven ways that the Holy Spirit leads you. Number one, with God's word, with the Bible, making it super crystal clear what's true, where I need to go, what needs to be happening, what shouldn't be happening. Uh, First one that God leads you with is the word of God, the Bible. He makes it super crystal clear. This is his words to you about what he wants. Man, make sure you're locked in. He leads with God's word. The second one is with godly counsel. Others who know God's word, and maybe you're sitting down and chatting with them, and you're like, how does this work? What should I think? How does this go? Can you help me understand? And godly counsel. And uh, he does use other people, and as he's working within them, and they're now giving you counsel from God's word, man, that is God leading in your life, okay? God definitely, from within, as he directs, also from outside with that godly counsel. So first, the word of God. Second, godly counsel. Third, just with the passions and skills that he's given you. As he's built you in a certain way for you to have a hunger for things and a passion for things and to go after things. And he's designed and created that, allow that to be meted out. God literally leading you as he's given you skills and passions along the way. Fourth one, open and closed doors. Did you know that God actually manages the entire universe? He is sovereign. That means every circumstance is in his hands. Yes, God leads through open and closed doors. And man, uh, welcome the closed door. It's a super clear moment, right? All too often we're like, oh, I just wanted an open door. I just wanted to get the, right? But I'm just telling you, closed doors really are clear. Guess I'm not going that way, right? Uh, Guess God doesn't want us over there. And uh, really, super clear on that. Uh, Open and closed doors. So the word of God, godly counsel, passions and skills, and then open and closed doors. Here's another one. Just that Holy Spirit stir within. There's just a moment of whisper from the Holy Spirit within. And I say that as number five. Why? Because if you go to that first, you will have a really hard time listening to your feelings versus the Holy Spirit. Be careful with that. The distinction is so subtle. And one thing I'll tell you is this, when God is whispering, when the Holy Spirit is sharing with you, he will never contradict himself. So if anything you think you heard whispered contradicts God's word, contradicts the godly counsel that others have brought, contradicts being true to what he's showing you or trying to bust down doors that have clearly been closed, and that's not God. You're listening to something deep within, probably from your flesh at that point. And be careful, that's a super subtle art. That's why it's number five. Make sure you have the other things in play first, okay? And uh, the whisper of the Spirit, that's number five. Number six, common sense. He did give you the ability to think. Please do that, right? Reason through that. Make good sense out of it. And number seven is a call to faithfulness. Make sure you're true to your word. He's gonna call you to be true to your word. Make your yes, yes. When you've promised you're in on something, be in on that. And uh, not bouncing around, not jumping off kilter, okay? And uh, seven ways that God leads, top down, here we go. God's word, godly counsel, passions and skills, open and closed doors, Holy Spirit stirring, common sense, call to faithfulness. Go after that with all you've got. Let God move in your life. 
as he leads and guides on a daily basis. And please know this. These are the guiding moments. Then on top of it, God actually brings transforming moments. And the combination is stunning in changing your life and directing where you head. May God get all the glory. Okay. So this past week, um, I was kind of relaxing on Monday, and I got a call from my daughter Alyssa, uh, who's actually with us this morning, and got a call from her on Monday saying, uh, I need help. This isn't working. The last five weeks of macroeconomics, she's at Taylor University and uh, in a class where there's a lot of sophomores and juniors, and she's like, this last five weeks has gotten kind of out of control, and the prof, not exactly the clearest on it. I'm not totally understanding what's happening. And, and I thought it was just going to kind of all of a sudden aha moment and it didn't. And a test is coming up Wednesday and I have so much to go through and what do I do? And uh, so she started talking through aggregate demand and aggregate supply and supply side economics. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so do me a favor, send me the pictures over. And so she's taking photos of her book and sending them over. And uh, we actually spent much of Monday, probably about four or five hours, just kind of walking through it word by word, phrase by phrase, section by section, chart by chart, learning aggregate demand and aggregate supply together. And uh, actually kind of throwback for me to 30 years ago in college when I had that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's how that goes. And, and so we walked it through and we got definitions for things and explained and understood things. And all of a sudden she's starting to get it. And I'm like starting to back off and she's beginning to race ahead and getting more and more. And it's all starting to click and things are making sense. And I'm like, sounds like you've got it. So we closed up shop about four hours in, five hours in on Monday. And she went to study then all day Tuesday and then got back to me Tuesday evening at about five o'clock. I was like, okay, I still have a few questions. Here's where I have questions. And now she sends over some pictures and we continue to walk through some of those and begin to learn about Keynesian economics and some of the decisions there. And, and as we're walking through it and getting some understanding and she's so understanding now where things are at, progress being made along the way, I'm like, babe, it sounds like you really got it. She's like, I just need to go do some memorization and I think I'm ready to rock. So 14 and a half hours of economics studying on Monday, Tuesday and, uh, uh, me kind of guiding along in the beginning with some of what I had and knowledge and remembrance and being able to help out there. And, and she went in and took the test on Wednesday morning and uh, ended up getting a call on Friday uh, with her kind of screaming out loud and jumping for joy as she actually ended up with the highest grade in the class. There were, yeah, that's right, man. I take a little of that credit. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't want me to tell that. I won't say the grade, but it was a very high A. I'll leave it at that. And uh, a lot of C's, a lot of D's, a lot of people struggling. And I'm just telling you this, let's break it down to what's the point. Man, I'm telling you there's times where we need guidance and leadership in our life to begin to walk through things and get victory. And all of God's people said, and you have the Holy Spirit, man. And this was just human to human. Can you imagine the divine God of the universe with you? Not a question he doesn't know. Not a problem he doesn't get. Absolutely understanding you from the depths of your soul. God with you. You are not alone. Go to him. Lean on him. Daily. Regularly. Often. And man, call in on the struggles. Call in on the victories. And spend time with your God. May he get all the glory. The Holy Spirit is with you, and you 
can experience victory. Victory over sin, victory in this world, God getting all the glory. Simple question. So how are you doing? At leaning on the Holy Spirit and letting Him lead. At listening to His guidance. At letting Him transform. At worshiping Him along the way. Hand your life to the Holy Spirit. He is in you. And He's got plans for you. May God get all the glory. Okay? Last. He says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. And uh, please hear me. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. There is not victory so that you can lose. There is victory so that you can win. And do not fall back into fear. What if? That's fear. But what if? Do not fall back into fear. Jesus Christ has gone to the cross. He has died and he has risen. We have victory over sin. And all of God's people said? And we have victory over death. And all of God's people said? Do not fall back into fear. Your God has it in hand. Lean on him. Trust in him. He says, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Adoption as sons. And here's the beauty of God's plan. He adopts us into his home and he calls us family. And you've got to love this hope that we have, that we get to be declared his. Notice it says adoption as sons. It does not say adoption as children. There's a big distinction. Sons in the Jewish faith have full rights full rights to the entire inheritance, full rights to the kingdom. Sons, grown ones, you are adopted as a son and as a daughter. You are his. Hear me, man. This is the royal family, and you've been brought inside. If you believe that Jesus is risen from the dead, if you confess him as Lord, you are adopted as his. Man, you got to love, we got a number of families in this church who have adopted along the way. And in a physical sense, beginning to bring someone across and love them, and they are now family. And just as that little one who's been brought in and adopted into your home is now your family, this is my child, so it is true with God Almighty. Adoption is so God's heart. And he isn't just coming alongside and saying, I'll try to help you ding-dongs out. I'll see if I can be a little bit of a help to you along the way, but in the end, you are not mine. That's not it. He said, not only am I stepping in to make an impact, I am adopting you into my home and you are mine forever. Get this, man. That is love with an ultimate sacrifice and he is calling you a prince, and he is calling you a princess, and you are in the kingdom of God Almighty. You are his. Praise be to God. Man, we have hope because of him. He says, you have been adopted as sons, and it says, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
And uh, just so you know, that literally means daddy. I, I love when uh, services end around here between services and there's little ones running around and one of them will spot their dad and come running up and say, Daddy! And run up and jump on the side of their leg and grab on or maybe dad grabs them and lifts them up into the air and that's exactly what he's talking about here. Daddy. It is so relational. It is so you know him deeply and he knows you. You feel utterly safe with him. This is our God. Man, make sure that you are experiencing that relationship with him. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit bears witness to that. If you're like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I feel it. It is time to start listening because the Holy Spirit's whispering, you are mine. You are adopted. It is true. You are forever in the royal family. You are a child of God Almighty. Praise be to God. He says, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Heirs with God, meaning you actually get to receive an inheritance that the king of the universe owns. Can you imagine what the inheritance of what the king of the universe has? He's like, this is yours. And you get to be heir. And hear me, not just heir, but fellow heir with Christ. That means Jesus Christ is your brother. Did you know that? Jesus Christ is your brother. It almost sounds heretical, doesn't it? Like we're supposed to be worshiping him and at some level we're like, he's my big brother, right? And it seems a little dismissive. I'm just telling you this, super biblical. He is the first among the family. He is the first fruits. He is your big brother. There is no other big brother like him. And all of God's people said, Man, we have an awesome bigger brother who will be king of kings and lord of lords. He will rule over all, Jesus Christ. He is in charge of the universe and he is our brother. And on top, amen, man. And then on top of it, we get to be heirs with the father of the universe. He's in charge and he's handing it over. We get to rule alongside of him, Jesus Christ as king. That's where this is headed, man. Do not miss the privilege. We get so locked down into our day-to-day and our struggle with sin, man, that is so the small point. Him in charge and us ruling with him. Abba, Father, Daddy. Praise be to God. It says, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Anybody that believes that becoming a believer makes it where there's no struggles is not reading scripture. That's not what it says. It absolutely says that there are struggles that will come along and as we learn to battle the flesh and say no and as we learn to deny self and as we learn to listen to the spirit and as the spirit begins to transform us, there are things going on and in this broken world, we will experience physical struggles and in this broken world, we will experience moments of longing and needing. But hear me, men, we have a God who has it in hand for the here and now and for the forever. God's got it in hand. Are you willing to say, my God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. He's in charge. Take over. Man, are you ready to give yourself to your king like never before? You can have victory in this world 
And in the midst of the suffering and in the midst of the heartache, please hear me, God is with you. God is in you. May you forever lean on that. And man, let's long for eternity where it's all perfected. And all of God's people said, hope in this world. And uh, all right. We can have victory day by day. And we're in a victory march where there is victory over sin and there is victory over death and there can be victory in this world. Do you believe? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your savior and said, I believe you are risen from the dead and I confess you as Lord, you're in charge, take over. Have you experienced victory? Do you grasp the victory or you are promised and are you ready to go after it? That said, man, next week, April 22nd, we are gonna be doing a giant celebration for those who have entered into the kingdom of God for those who are now adopted as sons and daughters. We're gonna be doing a massive celebration of baptism. So if you have believed that Jesus Christ is God Almighty risen from the dead, if you've believed that, if you confess him as Lord, take over, ready? If you are saved and you have not since been baptized, this is for you. Man, let's get baptized. Let's stand up and say, I have victory. I am saved. He has done an amazing work for me and I am handing my life to him. This is a public declaration. I am his. May God get all the glory. May we declare victory in our lives. So if you have been saved, if you believe, and you have not since been baptized, Man, come join us next week. We want to get you plugged in, all right? That said, I'm going to have some ushers coming forward, and we're going to pass cards out, all right? We're going to pass these cards out. I want every single person to take one, okay? Every single person is going to grab a card. So who's grabbing cards? Every single person, okay? And then if you want to be baptized next week, please fill this card out, okay? Make sure you fill it out right here in this service. If you want to be baptized, fill this card out. If you're thinking, I'm not getting baptized, then don't feel like you have to fill it out. Don't do that, okay? Just for those who want to get baptized. But we're putting a card in every single person's hand, okay? Make sure you take one, either direction, whether you're going to fill it out or not, take a card. And at the end, everyone will hand them back to the ushers. I just want you to see what's on the card, and I want you to be thinking it through, okay? So if you have trusted Christ as Savior and you have not since been baptized, if you have been guaranteed victory and you have not stood up and declared you are with him, let this be the time. May Jesus Christ get all the glory, okay? Man, if you have not been baptized, we'll do that with you. And I just want to tell you, this is a sweet journey. Uh, we as pastors will call you and work that through throughout the week. We'll uh, go through some details with you and help you out. And uh, I just want to answer these uh, few questions that always come up. All right. Well, what if I was baptized in another church? I mean, I trusted Christ. I believed. But then I got baptized there. Now I'm here. Okay, do I need to be baptized here? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, you're baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, not into the name of Harvest Bible Chapel. And all of God's people said, 
Okay, so no, if you've been baptized, that's great. You've stood up, you've declared, that's awesome. First belief, then baptism. If you already got that covered, then awesome. You're in great stead with that. Uh, well, what if I was baptized by sprinkling? I mean, I know you guys do this immersion where you go down into the water and up into new life, and, and uh, we just sprinkled, and what then? And uh, I'll just say this. Uh, it's about making sure you're standing up for Jesus Christ and declaring you are saved and you're with him. It's not really how much water was used, right? So if you were sprinkled, that's fine. We're great with that. If you think that it just wasn't understood at all and maybe it was used more as a getting invested into the church and it didn't have anything to do with following Christ, come join us then. That's up to you. We'll leave that to you, okay? But if you believed and then you were baptized, even if they did sprinkling, that's fine, all right? Well, what if I was baptized as an infant and I later came to trust Christ and I haven't been baptized since? And we would say definitely that would be a time to stand up and be baptized, okay? And uh, being baptized as an infant, that's your parents saying we love the Lord and we long for this little one to come to love the Lord. And that's great. And there's nothing against what parents are doing there, but this is a chance for you to say, I have come to trust Christ. And I have life eternal. I have victory in him. And I am declaring it out as a saved one. And that's what baptism is. So if you have come to believe in Christ and you have not since been baptized, this is for you. And yes, that would include if uh, you were baptized as an infant. And I would say this, uh, man, we would love to walk that through with you. I know there, there can be some complications with that. And let's do that. Let's talk that out together then if you need that, all right? But make sure you fill out your name on the card so we can help you through. And... Um, I would just say this, in general, we do also have a testimony part that comes with it. And so we have found that in that junior high age, it works best. So if you're thinking what age for my child, I would say somewhere in that junior high age works best. And, and we found kind of late sixth, seventh, eighth grade, those, those ranges work best. And that's more a subjective leading on that. But we do uh, declare it out and we want them to be able to rightly remember and be able to voice out they have victory in Jesus Christ, okay? That's where we're at with that, uh, just as a little guidance. Um, I'll also say this, uh, we do have three services, we're doing baptisms at all three of them, 9, 11, and 4.30, and so uh, 4.30 is a little bit smaller service, and it's very quaint service, we had about 300 people at that, and so if you wanna do a baptism maybe in front of a little bit smaller crew, that's great, you can just circle that one on there, there's the chance to circle options, all right? All right, that said, you might be like, I don't know, man. I still don't even know what it's really like. We have a video for you. Here we go. Here recently, I decided I need to make a stand, and I can't do it myself. Pretty recently, about beginning of this summer, I realized that I wasn't happy with how I'd been acting and realized that I needed God in my life. Like, I know that he's, like, right by my side and will help me through the rough times. Yeah. I used to stress over things, really stupid things that I have no control over. And uh, now I just pray and trust that it's God's plan. It's amazing, man. It's, uh, it's a relief. It's, um, I, I can always turn to Him, and I know even when I feel like there's no one on my side, I just know that I, I always have someone I can turn to. I know that there's always someone out there that loves me. turned to one of my friends and he invited me over to this church and I had to I had to speak to God and and I couldn't 
I couldn't be happy. I started going to Harvest, and it just made me realize that this life isn't for me, but it's for Jesus. Yeah, so I think uh, the transition from high school to college was really when God was pulling on my heart to really understand um, who He is and what, how I can have a personal relationship with Him. But we're not going to worry about it. We're leaving it up to God. We're, we're leaving this all up to God. It seems like there is, my conscience has a volume button that is turned all the way up. Having fought in some wars while I was in the Marine Corps, uh, this is just one more step in becoming a soldier for God. And it was then I was in my stairwell at my home and I started bawling and confessing all of my sins and just saying, I'm yours, Lord. Take me and change me. Every day just feels amazing. I, I look at life. I look at my marriage and my, my wonderful husband and our family in a completely, completely new life. Life is just so much more stable through that. Maybe I've just experienced a lot more love and joy than I ever thought I could. Phrase that you could use as to how God has been working in your life, what would that be? Freedom. Freedom. Praise God for that. I just want to stay on the path that I'm on, and I don't want to prove my family and everybody else that uh, I'm in. I just want to show everyone that I love Christ and that He's the the guidance of two great Christian women in my life. I decided I needed to change and ask for forgiveness and, and look to the Lord. Show everybody that I love Jesus and my heart for Him. To show everyone that I'm a child of God. Because I want to be obedient and show the world that I'm following Him. Because I love Jesus and I want everyone to know that I love To share with everyone that I love Jesus and I'm living my life for Him. celebration and uh, hear me we have victory in Jesus Christ and all of God's people said here's what we're doing right now let's just take a moment right here and right now and let's fill out the cards all right man if you have trusted Christ as Savior and you have not since been baptized then fill out the card right now if you have already been baptized that's great don't fill it out but for those who have trusted Christ and you have not since been baptized Fill out this card. Let's get you signed up to be baptized next week. Here's one thing I do want to say. Make sure you give contact info on there. And uh, for sure, get the email on there. We're going to try to send out an email on Monday to everybody that we got cards from so they know we got it. 
And uh, there will also be a video link to it that gives a little bit more information on what will be coming up for the week. And then you'll be getting a call from a pastor more like on Wednesday, late or early Thursday as we get it all organized in the early part of the week, all right? So just expect an email early in the week and then a call a little bit later in the week. And we'll be walking this journey with you. You are not alone, man. We are together as we walk through this. Some of you in here right now, you know you're like, oh man, I don't know if I want to do this. Come join us as we make much of Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. So let's just take a minute or two right now where you fill out those cards and then we'll close with worship.